You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. So today it is episode 29. Whoop, whoop. And on today's episode, we are going to the beautiful national park called Murchison Falls in northwest Uganda. And then on to Kampala, the capital of Uganda. So Murchison Falls is like over 4,000 square kilometers. It's massive. And the actual falls is apparently the most powerful waterfall in the world. I think it goes something like fills 200 bathtubs every second or something like that. The reason why it's so powerful is because it goes down this really narrow gorge in the Rift Valley which is only about 23 feet wide or seven meters. And then it drops 141 feet or what's that? 43 meters. So this is also the White Nile, which which it sources from Lake Victoria, which means I basically, I follow the Nile almost all the way down from Cairo, except for the South Sudan bit, because it was, well, I think it's still going on, the war between North and South Sudan. So you were not allowed to. <laughs> I didn't really want to go there, actually. It's further south in Khartoum. But besides that, I, I went to the Blue Nile Falls in Ethiopia, which I have an episode about. And also now I'm going to the White Nile Falls, so which is awesome. Now, if you listen to the last episode, you'll hear how it took me five days to travel just over 300 miles through central Uganda. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but we finally got there. So I think it was day 192 of my trip. So we is me and my friend Claire, a lovely British girl who I met in Nairobi. And we've been traveling together at this point a few weeks. And also in this episode, we'll be covering just about 200 miles or so, taking me, well, taking us up to 14,550 miles so far. So almost halfway miles wise uh, of the trip. And like I said, so it was day 192 when we got there. So we basically just had enough time to pitch our tent when we arrived, which was because it was about 7 p.m. at night in in the campgrounds. And of course, that night, I thought we were going to be washed away (laughs) into the Nile, basically, because we had a massive thunderstorm. Oh, my gosh, it was ridiculous. So not a lot of sleep was to be had. <laughs> well, at least we didn't have to worry about the hippos like we did in Kenya on another episode. So yeah, so the next day we woke up early. We wanted to do the, the like a Nile cruise, but we had to wait for more people to arrive. I mean, there was an overland truck there already, which they weren't my favorite. Let's just say modes of transport. So that these these just huge trucks, and it's usually just Western tourists, I don't know, between 15 and 20 people, 
I just travel in this bubble, basically. I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea. Anyways, so we're waiting. And then finally, at about 10.30, a family of five showed up. So with me, Claire, and five, I guess that was enough. So we left at about 11 in the morning on our little cruise. And it is so beautiful. I mean, all of Uganda is absolutely stunning. It's so lush and green. You know, lots of vegetation. It's it's lovely, which is so nice coming. So much time. I spent so much time in the desert, especially in Sudan. But um, yeah, so we set sail and we saw our first, well, my first elephant in the wild, which was amazing. And then there was loads of crocs. Oh my God. And I had my camera, which had like a 300 zoom lens. Remember, this is back in 93, 94. No digital cameras or cell phones or anything like that. So I had a big old clunky Canon camera with this huge 300 zoom lens. I mean, my camera and lens alone was about 10 pounds, weighed about 10 pounds. It was ridiculous. So anyways, I'm looking through my big zoom lens and we're getting closer and closer to this massive, like at least a 15 foot crocodile with its mouth open. It's through the zoom. I'm, I'm, I'm like, are you on the boat? Like, we're so close. I look, I'm like, no, but we're almost on the shore where it was. So we're only a few feet away from it. We're like, okay, can crocs jump? <laughs> let's back it up a little bit. <laughs> Anyways, then we saw loads of uh, hippos in the water. It's hilarious because you just see their little tiny ears and eyes popping out, peeking at you through the water, like over the water. Yet, you know, underneath, <laughs> there are these like one ton huge creatures that can actually run, I think something like 40 kilometers underwater. <laughs> and they're also the most, I think they kill the most people in Africa, hippos. So they're pretty dangerous. But when you see them like that, just the little ears and eyes, you're like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> just be careful, basically. Come along the river. And then we also saw some water buffalo and some baboons. I mean, I'd seen baboons before, but I uh, hadn't seen the other, and the hippos, of course. But yeah, I hadn't seen the other animals like, like close up. And it was just so nice because at the time, Murchison Falls wasn't really hugely on, let's say, the travel scene. So there wasn't a lot of people there. So these animals are pretty much in their own habitat, fairly undisturbed, which was really lovely to see kind of thing. So then you finally come up to the the actual Nile, or the falls, sorry. Yeah, it's, it is beautiful. Like, it's so lovely. I mean, you really feel like I really felt I was in the heart of Africa because I kind of was. <laughs> we even managed to step out onto, Claire and I step out on this rock in the middle of the Nile with the falls in the backdrop, which was so cool. Although you definitely didn't want to fall in the river. <laughs> so I had to be careful. But yeah, got a photo and it was just amazing. And then, yeah, kind of got back. And then on our way back, we saw more animals and there's loads of birds there too. But we saw like a family or herd of 12 elephants getting water, drinking water. It was just amazing. So beautiful. I hate zoos. I really do. Being able to see animals in the wild is just amazing. So it was basically, it was an amazing three and a half hour river cruise. I would highly recommend it if you do go to Murchison Falls. The cruise itself only cost us at the time like $8. So bargain. <laughs> so yeah, by the time we got back to camp, there was another overland truck there. So now we have two overland trucks. And this one, we actually saw them at Fisherman's Camp on Lake Navasha. And they were so loud and obnoxious then. So we're like, oh, great. <laughs> However, we kind of had to 
play nice in because we didn't know how the hell we're getting out of this park. Because <laughs> like I said, it was pretty remote and not a lot of people went there besides overland trucks. So we kind of sucked it up because we didn't want to take another five days <laughs> to get to Kampala, basically. It's like, okay. And then we went, we also got back to camp. You know, we're chat, chatting to some rangers that work there. And they're like, oh, yeah, so this area is has tsetse flies. And tsetse flies basically give you what they call sleeping sickness, which basically means you go into coma and never wake up. So it was like, okay, <laughs> good to know. And I think he might have had like pictures in a book he could show us so we saw what they looked like. So it's just like, okay, so you have to worry about malaria and cholera and dysentery. Now, tsetse flies, which can, yeah, turn you into sleeping beauty, basically, for the rest of your life. Awesome. What can I say? Nowhere's perfect, I guess. <laughs> so the next morning, we woke up early. So we were up the same time as the overland trucks. I guess my charm went out. I I don't know what, or Claire just swindled me, but it was my job to see, to go to one of the trucks and ask for a ride out of there. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I went over there and chatted to a few of the people. But yeah, they're nice people. I'm not saying they're not, but it's just not my bag kind of thing. So, you know, I explained the situation and you know, if we can get a lift to Masindi, which was kind of the nearest biggest town outside of the falls, which was about 80 kilometers or so, 80, 90 kilometers from where we were. And they were like, okay, that's fine, but we charge people for rides. I was like, oh, okay, well, thinking it'll be, you know, a couple bucks or something like that. And they're like, no, it'll be $10 each. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, we have no choice, really. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So yeah, basically we just packed up. Now put it into perspective, like our two nights accommodation at a national park was $5 a night. So it was 10 bucks. So obviously we paid that. But through Uganda, I mean, except for Matatus, all the Ugandan local people who picked us up never charged us. So it was a bit like, hmm, but hey, oh, whatever. I know they've paid thousands and thousands of dollars to do this overland trip. So it's like, whatever. Okay, suck it up. So we said goodbye to beautiful uh, Murchison Falls. And like I said, we were so happy that we made it there. <laughs> it was a lot of sweat, blood and tear. Well, no blood, but sweat and well, no tears either. But just it was hard. It was a lot of patience, a lot of patience and perseverance to get there. So it was, uh, you know, mission incomplete. So yeah, so then we, we get in the truck. We leave about 8.30 in the morning. Oh, that was another thing. So they told us, well, we're not going to Missini, but we will drop you off at Hoima which was because was, that was the direction they were going. So I guess it wasn't too far from Miss Indy, but we were like, well, at least we're going to get out of, <laughs> like get to a town, right? Should be able to get some transport. So we're like, okay, fine, that's cool. So we paid our 10 bucks and like each and got on the truck. I mean, I've never been on one, so I didn't know what to expect. But yeah, there are these huge trucks that this truck seated 15 people, you know, in comfortable seats and everything. But when the top is on, you can't see anything. <laughs> the windows are higher than, the, I don't know, it was weird. But when the top is off, then you kind of get a half partial view. But when the top's off, like people just slept the whole trip, like the whole time we were there, basically. Almost everyone was asleep. And even I was like starting to fall asleep. But yeah, it literally is. You're just in this like usually white Western tourist bubble traveling through Africa. And you're not even seeing, like I said, they're sleeping most of the time. So you're not even seeing Africa, let alone getting involved in actual local people's lives or 
staying the culture or eating, you know, local food or because everything is planned for them. They'd even know where they were going next. I'd ask, I'm like, oh, so where's your next stop? They're like, oh, we don't know. We just get there and, you know, put our tents up. I don't even know if they put the tents up. I think they had people that did that for them. <laughs> like, it's just like, I'm like, right. Okay. By the way, they're going to Fort Portal. So yeah, I was just like, this is not for me. Plus the amount they've paid for this trip. I could have traveled for about two years in Africa on my budget. But yeah, like I said, just not my thing at all. And the, the thing that annoyed me the most, I'm sorry, I'm kind of bashing overlanders, but is that they really felt that they were like these adventurous explorers traveling Africa. And I'm like, see, to me, that's why I always kind of say there's tourists and there's travelers. And I consider myself a traveler. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying for me, what works for me, what my sense of accomplishment is and getting to know cultures and countries and things like that and local people is to be in the country and act like a local person. You know what I mean? Travel like them, like transport wise, eat what they eat. You know, like that's much more my thing. Like I said, I get much more of a sense of accomplishment. If these overlanders... They thought they were traveling. Like they were like, oh yeah, you know, it was more like bragging rights. Like I said, it just wasn't, it's just not my thing. And if that's what you want to do, like literally travel in a bubble with your fellow Western tourists, then great. But I hope this podcast inspires people to kind of get out of their comfort zone and explore more, like properly explore and travel. So you really get a sense of where you are. And and trust me, the yeah, the sense of accomplishment, let alone all the cool, amazing things you see and do, but just the self-confidence and yeah, sense of accomplishment is much, much greater when you do it on your own. And I'm saying solo travel, but I mean I do love solo traveling. I mean, this was the only trip that I really traveled with people. Even when you solo travel, like I said, I met Claire and we traveled together to Nairobi. Or from Nairobi and we traveled together about three months. And Casey and I traveled together five months. So, you know, you do meet other people when you're traveling if you don't want to particularly solo travel or go with your partner or a friend. Trust me, if you can, even though it's scary, just do independent traveling. <laughs> it's so much better than tours and definitely overland trucks. Mm. Anyhow, that's enough. It's all cool. As long as you respect where you are and the people, then it just was definitely not my cup of tea. And I was I was getting embarrassed and I just wanted that ride to be over ASAP, even though probably the most comfortable ride I'd had in seven months, whatever. I was like, I just want this over and out of here. So I guess luck was on our side and they missed their stop. So they ended up going to Miss Cindy anyways, which is where we wanted to go, which was awesome. <laughs> So yeah, it did take us four and a half hours to go 100 kilometers to Miss Indy. Well, I don't even think it's 100 kilometers, but yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, the roads were super, super bad. So whether they took a few more wrong turns, I don't know. Like I said, you can't really see anything. So we, Claire and I were just happy we were in Miss Indy. We got where we wanted to go. So that was awesome. So we said our goodbyes, like I said, paid our cash, and then... Um, just went to a local restaurant to get something to eat because we were starving. And like I said, it was 1 p.m. or something like that. So we just had the local, you know, beans and rice for lunch, which was tasty. We we're just happy we we're back in the real African world, <laughs> even though it's a lot harder. 
<laughs> it just felt better. We went to Taxi Park or Matatu Park, whatever. It's basically just a big parking lot where there's Matatus. So we went there. We had to wait about an hour and a half for Matatu to fill up to the brim as usual. So Matatu is basically a pickup truck that usually has seats like on the sides of the pickup truck. Not that you ever get those seats. Basically just the back of a pickup truck is a taxi. And they jam pack it full of people to the brim. Sometimes Matatus are minivans. So it depends. And actually, I think this one was a minivan because we got the back seats for half the trip. So regardless of whatever transport you're on, they're always jam-packed, basically. We got to Kampala in about three and a half hours, which was great. So Kampala is the capital of Uganda. So it's the you know biggest city I'd been in since Nairobi, basically. And we get into, you know, city center of Kampala. It's just, yeah, full on big city, very noisy. So <laughs> we get to the drops off of the Matatu Park there, which was full on craziness. And Claire and I were like, okay, well, let's just just get out of here. Walked about two kilometers or so with our backpacks on. Mind you, remember my backpack weighs about, I don't know, 22 kilos at this point. Nice <laughs> and light. And we decided we would go to... Well, we were trying to find guest houses and they seemed to be all full. So anyway, so we were like, okay, let's go to the Y because that's what Lily Plan recommended. So we went there. Basically, you just got a mattress on the floor and the floor was basically classrooms because the Y was a school in the daytime and Y hostel at night. So you had to get up early in the morning to pack up your stuff and they put the mattresses in storage before the school starts at 8 a.m. <laughs> it was like bizarre. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was four bucks a night, but so it's a classroom door. So there's no locks on the door. And even when I was about to go to bed, the front door of the building was like wide open. So didn't feel the safest accommodation I'd had so far, but that was what we got basically. Although they did at least have hot showers. So that was a big plus because I don't think I'd had a hot shower for quite a while. When I was in Ethiopia, I managed to buy a bunch of desert storm food, <laughs> like literally desert storm food, which were these silver vacuum packed like bags kind of thing. And, you know, I got cheese bread and peanut butters and chicken ala king. And so we just picked up a loaf of bread whilst we were on our way to the Y and we just had peanut butter sandwiches. Well, Desert Storm peanut butter sandwiches for dinner because we were just tired. We're like, let's just call it a night kind of thing. Because we had looked just around the Y for restaurants and it was like, oh, great. Uh, just like Khartoum and Addis Ababa. Like, we're in these big cities, but can we can't find food <laughs> in the restaurants. It was weird. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> so it was, hence the Desert Storm food. So the next morning, day 195, of course, we're up early, packed our stuff, put it in storage, because like I said, class starts at eight in the morning. And honestly, we must have walked miles to find a decent restaurant. It was like, what, what is going on? Because we'd go to so many restaurants, like, we have no food. How can you have no food? <laughs> like, it was bizarre. Anyways, we finally found a place called the Curry Pot, a pot of tea and breakfast. Kampala was definitely more expensive than Nairobi, for sure. So then we ended up like just trekking around the city and it was packed, like the city was packed to try and find banks. We had to change money because remember, no ATMs back then. It was literally traveler's checks or cash. So we finally found a bank, changed some money. At the time, it was about 11.60 shillings. You get in shillings to one US dollars. I think now it's just over 3,000 shillings. So after you change some money, we also then went to Post Restant because I hadn't been to the Post Restant. Well, I hadn't given Kampala as a Post Restant place 
since Nairobi. So again, back then, you know, no emails, no Facebook, <laughs> no cell phones. So what I would do back for my friends and family back home is kind of no big cities in Africa that I was going to be in. I didn't know when I'd be there, but I would eventually be there. And all you would do is just like my name and then post response, Kampala, Uganda. That's the address. <laughs> and then you go to the post response, which is like post offices, right? And it's usually just filed alphabetically, sometimes under my first name, sometimes my last. So you have to check both T's and B's. And yeah, see if there's any letters or packages there from home. And it was a big thing because, you know, I'd kind of go months without hearing from home. So it, it was always like with bated breath, I'd go and be like, please, can I get some news from home? And that, you know, my friends and family still love me <laughs> and still actually care that I'm doing this crazy African trip. Anyways, I, I get there. And I had four letters, which was nice. I was hoping for a bit more. But hey, it was cool. Because I was spending a lot of money and time sending postcards home to all my family and friends. So I was like, well, you know, you can at least return the favor, man. <laughs> but then again, I found out later that, you know, a lot of stuff just didn't make it. People stole it or whatever, right? So hey-ho. But at the time, it was just like, mm, okay, well, four is better than nothing. So as we're walking through town, we see this like white building, luxury, luxurious Western building in the background. It's the Sheraton Hotel. So we're like, let's just go there to see what happens kind of thing. And yeah, so you walk up and it's these, you know, beautiful manicured lawns and guards and fences set amongst like pretty shabby houses and buildings in that area. But I guess because we're the right skin color, seriously, this is how it worked. We just kind of walked right in. You know, just looked at all the things we couldn't afford to buy, basically. But they did have like, a, you know, obviously pool there and pool table and saunas and all that stuff. So I think we did play some pool and just hung out there for a little bit, totally feeling undercover agents or something like that. Because like, yeah, we're two poor backpackers and we're in probably the most expensive hotel in Kampala at the time. So it was a little bit ridiculous. It was kind of, again, you feel like you're in this Western luxurious little bubble kind of thing. But it was just, I don't know, just have a little break kind of thing, right? So we were there for a few hours and then we left. So talking to the people, we found out the reason why the restaurants don't have any food and it seems more packed than normal is because the next day was the Kabaka, which basically means the crowning of the king of the Buganda tribe. And the Buganda tribe is the biggest tribe in Uganda. And there hadn't been a Kabaka for 30 years since about to be king, his dad, Mutubi. He got exiled to England. Well, he went to England and he was exiled and he died in England. So there hadn't been a Kabaka for 30 years. And Mutubi too was being crowned king. So that was the thing. We were like, oh my God, like, should we stay for this or should we get going? We wanted to go to the Sesai Islands in Lake Victoria, according to Lonely Planet, which like I said, how most more often than not was wrong. <laughs> but it said that the ferries, there was a ferry leaving the next day, but then it was another one wasn't going to leave for like four or four days or something like that. And we didn't want to stay in Kampala for five days. It was a like it was just too expensive and we just didn't want to be in this big city. But then, well, there's the Kabaka, too. So that could be pretty cool. And anyway, we didn't know what to do kind of thing. So we're like, OK, well, let's just kind of sleep on it and then we'll make our decision in the morning after we left the Sheraton. We're like, you know what? We're just in the mood for treating ourselves. So let's have a nice meal. So we went to the Great Wall of China because <laughs> there's a lot of Chinese descendants in Uganda. So there was a lot of Chinese food. 
And oh yeah, we had a lovely meal, spring rolls and peanut button, like chicken peanut thing. And yeah, it was really, really good. We get back to the Y, get to the back to the Y and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have hot showers. They're a rarity. So I'm going to go have one of those just about on my way. The electricity goes out. So it goes, but only on the top floor where you sleep and the first floor, which is where the bathrooms were. The middle floor, which had nothing, was <laughs> fine. Lights were on. We're like, great. So another cold shower. And because there's no electricity and the top floor, no lighting, it was another early night basically on the floor in a classroom at the Y. So to hear about what our decision was to stay for the Kabaka or to push on, you're going to have to tune in till next episode, I'm sorry to say. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. So tip number one is yeah for Murchison Falls so I guess the road is better now to get up there and it's a lot more popular you know for tourism and travel kind of thing so it's about four and a half to five and a half hours from Kampala to get to the base of Murchison Falls so a lot faster than it took us that's for sure what it took us eight (laughs) and it's about so the entrance fee is forty dollars for foreigners and twenty dollars for kids, and then if you if you're driving, then it varies on the size of your vehicle, kind of thing. But it's kind of between forty and fifty dollars, say average. And then the river cruise, which I highly highly recommend. It's between well, it depends which boat you take. So thirty or forty dollars per person, and it's about three and a half hours. But it is amazing. And they now off also offer like walking tours and even fishing or day safaris. And they're about I think the fishing is about fifty bucks or something, and the day safaris are about a hundred. But like I said, I would really recommend it. It is so beautiful. Okay, so tip number two, you can also combine this like on big safari packages kind of thing well not big but expensive (laughs) and I mean depending what you do you could always do like a three-day tour from so that would get you from Kampala to Merchant Falls and back and accommodation and park fees and all that kind of stuff for 600 to 800 dollars per person or you can do like I said longer ones and that can include like going to see the gorillas in nearby Ruizori Mountains or the chimpanzee in I think it's Kampali National Park now, then they're, you know, they're like five days or even longer, five, seven days, and they go from like 5000 to $8,000 per person. So, I mean, I did see the gorillas in Zaire and I did see the chimps at a very remote sanctuary in Tanzania, you know, obviously independently, so a lot cheaper. But if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do, you know. But I would, I would suggest you can do it independently and it will be a lot. Okay. And then tip three would just kind of be about the Ugandan's budget. And so you're looking like for backpacking, like kind of what I did, independent, between 50 to $75 a day. But if you wanted to self-drive, which would be good actually for Uganda, then you're looking at about 140 to $200 a day. And then for single female travelers, I mean, I did, I actually felt safe. I mean, I don't even know if they locked, shut the door at the Y, <laughs> but I still felt, I mean, that was a little dubious, but I felt safe in Uganda throughout. Not a problem. Dress sense, again, wasn't a huge issue. I mean, don't walk around in skimpy, you know, tops and shorts and stuff like that. But if you wear a t-shirt and shorts or skirt, that's fine too. It's not a problem. Like I said, when you're solo traveling, for example, Murchison Falls, 
you know, it's per person for the riverboat. So you don't have to have anyone else with you. Although you can rent privately, like rent a boat for $325 if there's like a group of you. So that might be an option. But yeah, as a solo female traveler, then that's not a problem. And if you, same thing with the safaris, you just join the group that you, you know, you're with. So, you know, Claire and I did a lot of hitching in Uganda, never a problem. And I, if I was solo, it would have been the same kind of thing. So Yep, I highly recommend Uganda. And you can even get the East Africa travel, tourism travel visa, e-visa online, if you look that up. And that includes Kenya, Uganda, and Rwanda. And I think it's good for six months or maybe 90 days. You have to check that out. But it's about 100 US dollars or you can just get a Uganda visa, which I think is about 50. So depending on what you're doing, it's all out there. Okay. Oh, and last thing little podcast recap. I am up to 71 countries that I have listeners from, which is amazing. So I'm almost there because one of my goals is to get to 76 countries because that's how many I've been to. And I also, oh, I did an interview that came out on January 8th, I think, which was really cool on this lady's lovely podcast called The 50 Experience. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. So if you want to check that out, I'll have the link in the show notes. And I, yeah, and I did three more interviews last week. So that's cool. They're coming out for the next few weeks, I think. And the top five countries for this week is USA, Canada, UK, India, and France. Okay, as always, you can find more details on my website, manyroadstravel.com. Please leave your reviews. We need some reviews, some 2021 reviews. You can leave those on, well, on the website or on my YouTube channel. You can just leave a comment underneath there. I'll give you a shout out. Okay, so I think that's a wrap. So we'll see you next time. Take care and safe travels one road at a time.